this is Krish. Hope you're doing well. In this podcast, I want to talk about um, something quite different from the previous ones I just recorded. Uh, in this, I feel like I want to talk about MongoDB and uh, in particular, uh, Mongo aggregates, right? So if you are a server-side developer or API developer who does a lot of work on the server-side, you probably have a good amount of experience working with a number of different databases. Uh, and But if you've not, uh, if you're a web developer or a UI person or a mobile developer, uh, or if you're just getting into development, maybe I want to give some background just, just so uh, we're all mostly on the same page. Um, Mongo is one of the options out there that's available if you want to use a persistence layer, uh, a non-relational NoSQL database. Uh, there are other options. Uh, this is one of them, but um, I like uh, Mongo. Um, so I'm just going to talk about Mongo and in particular Mongo is again a broad this topic, uh, MongoDB. I'm just going to talk about aggregates and when you might want to uh, write uh, Mongo queries using aggregates and not using uh, a traditional DRM or a document relational mapping layer in between, right? So whether you're you're building uh, your server side using Java or, or Ruby or Node, whatever it is, right? A lot of the times you're going to use uh, if it's uh, Node, you're going to use Mongoose. If it's uh, uh, if it's Ruby, you might use Mongoid, uh, and you know a variety of options. Uh, there are other there are other options out there, but these are some that come to my mind. So you would uh, use those layers in between, so you can interact with your database uh, in a relational, uh, if it's relational, or in a document uh, relational manner, right? Either it's ORM, object relational mapping, as they call it or uh, document relational mapping in the case of NoSQL databases. Um, and that's good because you make your requ- you may run your queries, uh, you create your objects, uh, your, your models in whatever library or uh, framework you're working on, uh, and then you interact with those models, right? And based on uh, how you're doing it, those names might, ve- might vary. So I'm just gonna call them models so, because it's that, that's pretty generic. So you have these models and you interact with these models and then you have collections, which is a, a, a number of models together and so on and so forth. Nothing new there, um, which works for the most part, right? But now there are times uh, you don't want to do it uh, because your performance is going to take a hit. Uh, I'll give you one example. So in our product, uh, we have a number of charts, uh, uh, quite a number of charts, right? At different levels of hierarchy as well. Uh, I don't, I want, you can check out the product uh, at snowpal.com, uh, but I'm not going to go into the details of uh, our requirements because it's not directly relevant to this uh, this topic. Uh, it is relevant in some form, way or shape, but not entirely so. Uh, so you can check out our chats, sign up and enjoy the product, but that's a digression of 30 seconds. Uh, back to what I was trying to say. We have a number of chats and uh, the way the chats work just to give you some context, right? We have multiple levels, so you could uh, uh, you could see ch- you could view these charts at the highest level. So when you do that, it's going to pull content from uh, from across the board in the system. Or you could go one level deeper and then look at the same chart. We have a variety of different charts, but let's say if you took one chart as an example, you could go one level deeper and then look at the same chart. It's going to obviously look the same because the same kind of chart but it's going to pull lesser data because it's scoped now to that particular structure. Uh, in our case, it's a key. And then if you go further down, we have something called a block. So it's going to be uh, much lesser data as well, right? So 
in all of those cases uh i had initially you know even though i knew i had to write aggregates uh, i was initially asking myself right whether i could defer that for a little bit and get that going uh, and then come back maybe a couple of months down the road and then uh, reimplement this or uh, redo or refactor uh, using aggregates uh, but you know uh, my hunch was that that might not be a possibility and it turned out to be the case after like a few hours of me trying uh, a few different things uh, before writing the actual code uh, so so i decided okay let me go back to writing mongo aggregates and which is why the, the i'm finally get the purpose of this video sorry of this podcast so with mongo aggregates again depending on whether you're using a uh, middle a layer in between like a, a drm layer you may have to do it slightly differently uh, but for the most part when you write aggregates you're interacting with mongo uh, outside of these uh, layers outside of these tiers in between so you can go look up the mongo documentation it's actually not bad it's pretty decent for aggregates uh, but it's tricky because they can only document so much they take a basic case and they talk about uh, various construct constructs sorry in terms of building these aggregates uh but you will uh, i i guarantee you uh, that to satisfy your particular need whatever that is you're going to have to try a number of those variations using like a, you know a, a mongo client right in my case i use uh, mongo booster uh, and then i write these uh, queries and then i port them over to the actual code base because you want to create all of the variations in terms of the data uh, you don't need a lot of data but you need the unique variations of variations of the data so you uh you can make sure that your query that the aggregate actually returns what you're looking for uh but one thing i can tell you is uh the the, the performance difference is just even it, it's almost hard to explain it, it's you expect a difference you expect that much of a difference actually but even though you expect the difference it's it's pleasantly <laughs> super surprising when you actually realize the results uh it's it's entirely different just because in a number of uh, queries that you uh, the actual amount of interaction that you have to do uh with the database and the amount of work that the database needs to do in by itself is a whole lot lesser when it comes to aggregates so it performs uh, very very well right so when you want to uh either get a large amount of data or you want to get a specific a set of data from a larger uh, uh from a database that holds a lot of data uh and you may have a number of collections you may have embedded objects uh and and whatever however complex your mongo structure and collection and document structure ends up being if you want to get to it in the quickest possible time uh there is probably no better alternative than to go with act- uh, than to go with mongo aggregates and then by using the pipelines uh there's a variety of different things uh, you could essentially do uh and uh if you want you know if you haven't if you haven't already signed up to the product and but if you do and you check it out you'll notice how fast the chats respond and trust me they're doing a whole lot of processing and if we were to have done that outside of uh using aggregates it would not perform uh to this level but there's one more thing that's there there's uh, even after even after after making the choice to write aggregates you actually have a couple of different options at least a couple of different options available out there one is you can get the data i mean you, the your interest is to get to the data in the quickest possible time sure that's part of aggregation so you get the aggregate query sorry so you get the data out now when you get the data out uh, sometimes you have to do a whole lot more with your aggregates so that the data respond the structure of the data that you get is exactly how your service layer wants for it to be now 
again this you can go about it one of two ways at at the very least you could do it in one of two ways one is you could uh, make your mongo aggregates uh, more and more complex so they not only get the data in the quickest possible time but they also return the data the, in the exact way that you want for the data to be in uh, using uh, projections and and whatnot right there's several ways you could do this in mongo aggregation um, I do it a lot of times, but there are other times when I try to get the data that I need as quickly as I want. And then I actually deal with the structuring of the data uh, in uh, outside of Mongo, right? So whether it could be in Node, it could be in Java, it could be in Ruby, it doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, because you may have others. The reason I mentioned that is you uh, the aggregates can get lengthy pretty quickly uh, and sometimes they can become not so readable right so you want to make sure they look very clean but no matter how you do they do tend to get pretty long so in the interest of not making them lengthier than they need to be you can scope their purpose so they get the data out quickly but structuring the data so you send it the way your client needs it uh, and the client could be an iPad app, could be an iPhone app or, or a mobile app or a web app or or just another service layer that integrates with you. doesn't matter who the client is. They may want it several different ways. Uh, and I don't believe it's, uh, it's architecturally uh, prudent, at least in a lot of scenarios, to have uh, that be done in the Mongo layer. You probably want to reuse your existing service level APIs and methods uh, to doing that because it's it's possible and it's very likely that you have a lot of that code for other purposes in your code base. So why try to rewrite that and as part of the Mongo aggregation and make it even more complex? Why not just get the data out quickly? Let the aggregates do what they're supposed to do in the first place. And then the rest of the massaging that you want to do, you can do it outside of that layer. So that's uh, not a bad way to go about it. At the end of the day, your client makes a request, an API call, uh, you uh, issue, you delegate that to the Mongo aggregates, you get the response back, and then you do the massaging in your service layer and then send the response back. Uh, you can, I mean, there's a ton of other things you could do around this, uh, but, you know, we'll pick that up in a subsequent podcast. Um, thanks for listening.